Hello there. Usually this would be the point where someone else would reply something to me, however, I'm going to actually do something a little bit more interesting. So, in case you missed the episode, uh, the one, the, the impaired upstairs kind of one, it, it had those words in the name, so it, it was pretty close to that. Uh, I had discussed with Brady, one of the guests there, the idea of doing a solo episode. Uh, because Ben is still doing whatever it is Ben is doing, um, I thought now would be a pretty decent idea to just try an episode alone. So, if listening to me speaking for like 30-something minutes, however long this ends up being, sounds entertaining to you, then, well, you've certainly found the episode. But for now, you're just listening to Ben and Billy's Spacewalk mini-sode, this time with only half the people that we normally get, or actually a third, or maybe a fourth, depending on, like, if you're listening to one that had four people, then it would be a fourth, because there'd only be one. But if you're listening to one that had a two people in it prior, then it would just be me. You get the idea. Okay, so... Basically, what I wanted to do this episode is I wanted to kind of do an, a little bit of an update on my book reading because, as you know, there is the whole book club, book club thing that Ben does each time that we have some sort of update on that. So, with in the meantime, since he had done whatever he was doing on left, last episode he was in up to now, we haven't really done a proper book club segment. So, I figured now would be a good time to do a little bit of update on that. This may be, like, the whole episode, like, just talking about the books. I don't know. I'll see what happens later on. I don't have anyone to stop me if I want to talk about something else, so I think that might be pretty good to do. So, here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to say a few books I've been reading, and we'll see how long it takes me to talk about all of them. So, I've been reading... I got about, like, five total that I really want to talk about. Uh, they're all, like, part of a series of some sort, and the first one I want to talk about is, uh, The Lady of the Lake, which is part of the Witcher series that I've mentioned quite a few times on here, whether it's about the game or the Netflix series or the books or something like that. I feel like it's been really fun to talk about that, uh, as I go through the series and see how much more I can experience of it, since I have, like, one book left, Season of Storms, and... I guess there's the second season, which is going to be out later on in December 17th, I think it is, something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, the seventh book, or it, uh, it's kind of weird how it is. So basically, it's the seventh book written, but it's like the fifth in the main story series, because the first two were a series of short stories within the same world and such that took place before the other ones, except for Season of Storms, which it takes place like in between some of the stories in The Last Wish so, it's a little bit weird how that works out, but the point is, I read the seventh one written, The Lady of the Lake. So this one I thought was actually pretty good. Basically, it has like a whole bunch of characters that appeared in the previous one. Not really any new ones necessarily, or at least not any major new ones. It's pretty much just the older ones that had appeared prior, that had shown up here, and just pretty much finished their story arcs. So I don't want to go too much into spoiling it. I mean, okay, it's not really like spoiling if the books have been out for like 20, 30 something years. So it's, is it really a spoiler in that case? I, I don't know. But uh, I guess they've only been out in America for maybe like less than a decade or so altogether. So maybe it's a little bit more warranting of a spoiler. But regardless, I'll explain what happens if you don't want to listen to it. Um, skip ahead however many minutes. I, I have no idea how to make that work exactly here. So, uh, there are various characters, uh, Geralt, Ciri, Yennefer, Dandelion, um, the main enemy, Vilgefortz, um, uh, Boneheart, one of the last names of the characters. He's, he's basically like this, like, bounty hunter character 
who does, like, well, bad things involving hunting people and such. So what happens is they're all trying to, like, get together with Siri, who has been off doing many things on her magical journey of trying to control her magic abilities. Uh, one of them involving, uh, like, being forced to marry some emperor character to give birth to some character that would be really important. Uh, they don't exist in the canon yet because they haven't given birth or anything like that. So what happens is they try to get back with her, but there's like a longer distance that they have to travel, especially since Siri has this like teleporting ability that goes between many different areas. Some of them like, I want to say even through time, which makes it a little bit more complicated to keep track of where they're supposed to be going like that. But they eventually meet up with them. But unfortunately, a few of the more minor characters, I think it's like Kahir, uh, and it's weirdly spelled like it's A-N-G-O-U-L-E-M-E -E, and I think one of the E's has some sort of accent over it. I'm not exactly how to, uh, sure how to pronounce it, like Anguilem, something like that. Regardless, unfortunately, they don't really make it throughout the end of the story. Um, neither do the main enemies, uh, Vilgefortz and Bonehart, who are both killed in different various means, which is a pretty cool thing since they've been enemies for quite a few books now, and to see them finally not succeed in their plans is pretty cool. Um, uh, Geralt actually goes, and her and Yennefer and Ciri all eventually meet up towards the end of the book, and they have this plan to go to some location for a little while, then reconnect, but then it doesn't entirely go well, and then Geralt and uh, Yennefer are actually, like, presumed dead because they're in the middle of this, like, riot in the city, and they, uh, they do not survive. Even though other characters attempt to make it so they don't die, it just doesn't work out, and that's presumably the end of them. Of course, the games are going to retcon this based on the fact that they appear later on just fine, so... Unfortunately, due to the game's existence, it doesn't fully stick as well as it did when it was written. I think it was like a good maybe 10 years in between the original version in Poland and the first game release in like 2006 or 7. So I, I don't know exactly how, um, how that worked out in regards to if that was enjoyable plot moment that was kind of retconned there, but regardless, I feel like it was still pretty impactful at the time. I mean, I wasn't alive when it was written, I don't think, so it uh, didn't really affect me the same way, especially since I would have had to learn Polish, which I do not currently know, therefore I wasn't able to read the original version, but I read the English version, which has a lot of the stuff intact from the translation, so that's definitely nice. But yeah, overall I thought that it was a very enjoyable book for sure. I would definitely recommend it. I still have The Season of Storms to read, which thankfully it's not as long. This one was like the longest out of the books to read, so it's like over 530 something, I think it is, 534 maybe pages, so it takes a lot of effort, but I think it's definitely worth it in the end. Makes sense if you've read the other books just so you wouldn't be totally lost, but other than that, I don't think that there's too much to complain about there. I don't know if I have a whole lot else to say about that. I think the only times I'll mention, like, The Witcher in regards to, like, if I get more of it done is if I end up finishing the games, because there's still the games involving, what is it, the first one, The Witcher Enhanced Edition, The Witcher Assassins of Kings, and I guess the Netflix series. There's also The Hexer, which is 
a Polish television series and uh, what is it a, and a movie based off of I think it's the first two uh, books in the series kind of like the the first season of the Netflix The Witcher which had the first two books within the first season I think it was it was pretty well done there um, but let's see Otherwise, I think that's about all I'll mention in regards to that of The Witcher for a while. So, other than that, let's see, there's the other books. Uh, there's Dune and Dune Messiah. So, Dune is the series where, uh, let's see, it has six like main books made by uh, Frank Herbert. And then uh, his son, Brian Herbert, was involved with some of the writing of the later, um, the later ones. I, I don't I don't have really any interest in reading those just because it's not something I've been really interested in because it wasn't made by the original author and I guess it was co-written by his son which kind of helps but it's just not really the same uh, plus a lot of the books here are pretty long so I don't want to spend like too much time on one series since it'll be like 12 or 13 or something books there and I I, I just kind of want to focus on the main six and I've read the first two. So the first one is really cool. It has a character named Paul Atreides, and he is the, uh, the I may have talked about this, I'm sure I probably talked about this on the podcast before, it's like the Kwisatz Haderach. I think I talked about this during the movie, I think I'd mentioned this, but he's supposed to be that character who is like special, who can, who is kind of like a prophet. There are a lot of like religious elements to this, which um, like I didn't fully get since I, it's not all like, like Christianity or something as like various other ones that readers may not fully get. There's also a lot of political themes I didn't really understand as well, just because I'm not like super well versed in all the different ideologies and such and how they relate to um, what happens there. So, I still enjoyed it regardless. I didn't fully get a lot of the stuff. Like, I don't feel like I understood the plot. I didn't understand that there was this, uh, there was this time jump at some point, which I, like, I, towards the end I kind of got, but I kind of missed where it happened. So, maybe if you're better at focusing on longer, like, 617 page long books, you might enjoy it more than I did. But regardless, I still thought it was pretty good. Um, there were, like, I guess this book was written in, like, the late 1960s, so it's not as much of a spoiler to talk about this one compared to something else that was more recently written, so I don't really have to worry about plot details very much. So, there, there's Paul, and he has, like, various other friend characters that show up. Okay, not all of them are really friends, exactly. It's not a great way of putting it. But there are these other characters who are trying to get this thing called the Spice, which is something made on a desert planet with a whole bunch of like large sandworms and it's like very addictive to the point where uh, I'm not sure if this is the same substance but it, yeah it's very addictive and there's only one place like in the galaxy out of the hundreds of planets that exist that have this so it's very important for people that want to get it to focus on getting it on that planet otherwise they can't get and they'll get addicted and then uh, they'll just have all the negative effects that you would through withdrawal of a very important substance to them. So, part of it is involved with that, but another part is various other characters trying to uh, basically be the leader of all the galaxies and all the planets and such. Um, like, Paul is, I think, the one destined to do that, but other characters want to be involved with that too. So, 
they try to take over, it doesn't, like, really work out for them. Um, because Paul at some point gets to this planet where he meets these, like, other people who have these blue eyes, and they're able to, um... Well, okay, Paul is, uh, later on, becomes a father after his father dies, who was the king but is no longer because he's dead, and then he has a child, uh, with one of the characters named Shawnee, who appears later on, uh, and then I think he's, like, in a coma for, like, a couple weeks or something like that, it might even be longer than that, based on some sort of liquid that, uh, interferes with him, but I think it also gives him some prophetic visions, I'm pretty sure is what happens, it, this was, like, a couple months ago that I finished reading this, so I don't, unfortunately, remember all the fine details that are really important, but... I think it was a very enjoyable experience anyway, like I said, even though I didn't fully understand it. Um, there was the movie that was very heavily based on it, of course. Uh, maybe too heavily to an extent, just because, like, I kind of knew what was going to happen in the story already, and there wasn't really all that much deviation to it. And I didn't find that as enjoyable, honestly. There is supposed to be the HBO Max one coming out on, I think, October 22nd, so that's definitely nice. I'll be sure to uh, watch that when that comes out, uh, if at all possible. And it doesn't look like a lot of the scenes are completely based off the book, which will help in regards to originality, for sure. But I don't know if that'll make it more enjoyable, uh, but we'll have to wait until October 22nd to figure out that for sure. So, that's a little bit more than a month away. Uh, the next book in the series is Dune Messiah. This takes place, like, quite a few years after the, uh, after the first book. I think, I want to say it's, like, 12 years, something like that, but I could be mistaken, admittedly. Because, like I said, this was also, I read it a while ago, and I don't remember the finer details. But this one is quite a bit different, and Paul is actually, like, a dangerous leader. Uh, in regards to, like, I think he cares about his, like, main people a lot, but otherwise he's, like, this war tyrant character. Like, he directly references Adolf Hitler and, uh, Joseph Stalin as various characters in history and, like, compares themselves to him, like, in a positive light, which normally comparing yourself to them would be a very bad thing to do because they were bad people obviously but he treats it almost like what they did was small by comparison because he's like taken over so many planets and he's he's responsible for like billions of deaths across the different planets and such and unfortunately it doesn't really have as much impact because it feels as if there was a book missing in the series that just never happened that explained how all this happened how he became this like dangerous leader that wasn't present in the main uh in like the first book but there just isn't so like i said it doesn't have as much impact as it could be having but otherwise it was a pretty good book and it kind of ends in a different way where paul has uh two more children i think with a different person or, or it, it might be with the same person i'm not 100 percent sure honestly um I know that he has this, like, marriage to someone, but it's just basically, like, a political thing where he doesn't really care about them, like, as a wife, and he's more interested with someone else, um, which I think makes her a target of various assassination attempts, or maybe it was just more, or it was just one, maybe it wasn't more than one, but anyway, that tends to happen, and Paul is left blind later on in the book, and he has, he has these, like, prophetic visions still, 
but he can't see, which is a problem. And even later on, it makes it a problem because he loses his prophetic visions in, in addition to his literal visions. So he's not able to do anything like that towards like the very end where he ends up killing someone who um, tries to raise one of the characters who would have otherwise died. Okay, so this is like pretty important. So there's one character named Duncan Idaho in the first book who dies. And he gets resurrected in some form in this book, where like his main body is alright, but he is like partially, like almost robotically, uh, gets like revived, but he doesn't have any like solid memories of his original self, whereas just like these instincts of his original self, but it's like a different mind, so it's kind of weird, but he has this, and then later on in the book, like, he starts to understand himself more, and eventually, like, just becomes, like, he, like, regains his memories, I guess, and essentially becomes, like, his original self in some fashion, so that's, like, pretty cool, and another character, like, offers to do the same for his wife, or, or, or I mean, for Paul's wife, who is, like, dying, but understands that, uh, like, Paul gets that they can, like, reprogram her to be a bad person, so he doesn't go along with it, which, it, it, like, I guess there's no real good decision, like, it's either let her die or have her be vulnerable to being controlled by whoever it is there, so... He kills him by, like, using the vision of his, like, prophetic vision of his son in order to, like, attack him with a knife. It's, it's really cool how it is at the very end of the book, and I think that's a very, uh, kind of, like, nice ending how that works out. But otherwise, um, it, it was very good, even though, like I said, it didn't have as much impact as I hoped it would, but it was still very enjoyable regardless. Um... There are, there's like four other books in the series that I, I have three of them already that I plan on reading at some point, but um, I already have a few other ones I plan on reading beforehand, mainly Season of Storms and a couple other ones that are more interesting to me at the moment. But yeah, I'd, all, I'd overall recommend it for sure. It doesn't really go in the direction that I'm sure a lot of like readers intended it would be uh, way back when it was released, but still very much uh, enjoyable anyway. Um, the next, like, few books are the Maze Runner trilogy. Uh, these are, like, the last ones I really wanted to mention at the moment. Um, so the Maze Runner trilogy was written by James Dashner, and it's, it's basically the, it starts the first book as all, a whole bunch of guys, like a couple dozen of them, who get stuck in this maze, and, like, the center of it is this, uh, area that, called the Glade that they can live in. And, like, they have, like, a forest and, like, some sort of, like, some form of housing, even though it's, like, nothing compared to other more proper houses in society. It's still very, uh, it's very cool to uh, see how much they've kind of built in the time they were given, and they're given some food and such, like, every, I think it's, like, every week they're given some food, and then at the at the, like, every month point, they're given some sort of new person to join their group. And they have these, like, various jobs, like, uh, like a cook, or someone that helps with construction, or just fixing things around, or another important thing called the runners, 
which are trying to basically scout out the maze and try to figure out how it's structured in order to escape it. So that is done, and like that's where one of the main things that happens is they have to escape the maze, but the problem is the maze closes at night, so they can't like properly go in there, and like someone might think, well why can't they just go out at night? There are these characters named the Grievers who are these like kind of like skin-based but also robot characters. Um, that will kill someone, and uh, obviously they don't want that. So what happens is they just have to do all they can during the day, and if they're left out during the night, they're essentially considered as good as dead because nobody survived it. Um, Thomas is different because in an attempt to try to save someone, uh, he gets stuck in the maze with them, but they all survive, the three characters, and then he eventually becomes one of the runners who's able to go and scout out the maze just like anyone else would and try to figure out what's going on. There's also this girl who shows up like like the day after Thomas does and it is detailed that she's the last one ever that's like on the note that is written to her I think it is or I think that's something that she says not necessarily something that it, like I know there's a, a note written I think that says like everything is going to change that might be what the note said regardless I'm going into way too much detail here. Um, uh, the, the, she comes up and they don't know how to interpret it and she's like in some sort of a coma and like that's not good because they prefer to have all their people contributing in some sort of way and they can't do that when someone is in a coma of course so uh, at some point she does wake up but she has this like psychic connection with Thomas where within a certain range she's able to talk to him like while like with her mind even while she's asleep oh okay not really while she's in sleep but rather in that specific coma that she eventually gets out of so that's pretty cool to have even though it doesn't really amount to a whole lot in this book like later on it does but not so much at this first book so that's a little bit of a shame but it is redeemed later on for sure um later on in the book uh, the, there's a the very distinct problem where the walls that kept all the people safe, uh, they, they just kind of stop closing. So when that happens, there's a problem. So the Grievers just kind of come in and they are like programmed to take a glader like pretty much every day until they either solve the maze or they get out of it. So either way, it's going to be pretty dangerous. They end up solving the maze, but... Uh, uh, unfortunately, like quite a few of them end up dying in regards to once they finally get out because there's just like a whole bunch of grievers and it takes some time to like input the code necessary and it eventually works out and they have a whole bunch of people at the end. I want to say a, a couple dozen maybe, maybe it's only one or two dozen that come out in the end surviving, but most of them die, some of them make it out. And that's kind of where the next book, The Scorch Trials, happens, where they're brought into this, like, not quite like a hotel exactly, but some sort of area where they can just kind of relax after all of, like, the really dangerous stuff that's been going on with them, which is certainly good to have, just a little bit of a break. The break only lasts, like, maybe a day, because... 
uh, some bad stuff happens in the hotel area where it's revealed that there's this uh, there's this plague called the the flare that happened when the, these like sun flares started to show up all over the world and just kind of messed up the entire environment like way less rain and a whole bunch of uh, people dying and it's a disease called the flare that uh, a group called the wicked is trying to uh, figure out and uh, solve at some point they do make something called the bliss which doesn't cure it but slows down the brain activity which definitely helps uh, the people like not succumb to it as quickly so it, it kind of just holds it back, but it doesn't really solve it, unfortunately. So they have some progress, but they're not done yet. Basically, the maze was made in order to essentially figure out some sort of a blueprint for the cure. Like, I, I don't exactly know how, like, the mental, like, goings-on of characters in a maze trying to solve it exactly goes for a cure, and there's no real, like, way to defend how that happens, and how many, like, untold, like, tens of hundreds of billions it takes to do all the different mazes, because there's at least two mazes, like, in existence, and in the movies series, it was, like, way more, it was, like, like, a dozen, maybe, mazes that were a mile, a couple miles long, like, with all sorts of these, it, it would be so expensive, um, uh, but I, I don't need to talk about the, the, the cost of the maze, because I have no idea what it would be, so, Anyway, they go through and they have to do something called the Scorch Trials, which is basically they have to go over to some location and then they have to, uh, well, be there to be picked up and see if any sort of information that they had would help uh, the group Wicked figure out a cure. So, some of them unfortunately don't make it to the end. Most of the main characters do just fine. There's uh, Thomas, Newt, Minho, Teresa. Um, there's a couple people from the other group that is just basically a gender-reversed version of the first group. So all that happens, most of them make it, but the issue with uh, all of them making it is the fact that they they have a lot of people there, but the other group is trying to go against the main group uh, that was being followed in the first one. Uh, and they had essentially, later on the book, there's this like huge betrayal arc between a character named Eris, who Teresa was also contacting along with Thomas with that psychic connection thing I was telling you about. Uh, it was all happening a while back, like even as the maze was starting out. Uh, well, her involvement inside of it, rather, I mean. Like, during the coma, she was talking with both of them, and they had this sort of agreement that uh, Thomas would have to, like, feel this betrayal, so they, like, lock him in some sort of, like, cave structure with this, like, gas that will make him feel unconscious. And it, it, there's a really cool, like, line and scene in there that I don't want to, like, mention because it's, like, really... Uh, it's really entertaining. I don't want to spoil it just because it's so fun to read in itself. How Thomas eventually, like, tries to resist. Like, it doesn't work out for him, but he tries to resist in a really interesting way that he doesn't really do otherwise in the series. And it's this really good moment. They meet a few other characters on their way to the... Uh, through the Scorch Trials is what they're called. Oh, I guess it's, like, part of the, the book name is the Scorch Trials, of course. But they eventually make it through with most of the characters intact and 
Uh, well, that's not the end of it. I mean, I think they're told that it was the end of it, but in actuality, it really wasn't the end of it, because there's still, well, of course, there's the third book later on, so, of course, it's not going to be the end. Uh, they go through, and they make it to the Wicked Headquarters, but they're kind of separated so they can just, like, scan more stuff. Uh, and then this leads into the next book, uh, called The Death Cure, and... Uh, there are more issues at hand where all the like brain activity was being scanned but they were told that they would have like all of their memories returned to them because originally their memories were taken from them up until the point where they were able to be up to this point in the series uh, once they get there they're told like hey we're gonna keep your whole brain monitoring stuff intact however we'll let you get all your memories back even if it wasn't necessarily beneficial to them because some of them just don't want to remember because it's just like they think it might be too traumatic to them or something like that which in all fairness I guess they're not really wrong but uh, a lot of them go through with it not all of them do and they end up going on later to well they, they all end up like escaping but some they like do it in different ways where they take these things called the bergs which are various different like airship kind of things where they're able to get out of there just fine and some of them get their memories back uh it doesn't really change much honestly because like a lot of the people who had their memories taken like get kind of written out of the book oh, i mean like they still appear later on but it, they aren't focused on anymore so there's not really much to work with there uh, but they, they continue on, and they try to essentially take down the whole organization, even though they're trying to work on a cure, because it's just through, like, the, all these terrible means. And they eventually end up meeting up with a few other characters that are beneficial, called, like, the Right Arm, which end up trying to blow up the building. Like, I'm skipping, like, a lot of the middle section, but I don't want to spoil a lot of it, just because I think it's really cool to read in itself. Um, to the point where I don't want to mention a lot of things that happen in it so you can experience it yourself. Uh, not necessarily by watching the movies, because after the first one, it kind of deviates from the plot by quite a bit. So much so, so that it's like almost unrecognizable, like besides the name and a lot of the characters and such. But they continue going on and they're able to... Well, okay, Thomas specifically, rather. Like, there are other characters involved in, like, the whole takedown, but Thomas is, like, the main one who goes inside and plants some of these bombs. And the uh, Thomas is kind of conflicted with, like, well, maybe they actually can create a cure. Like, apparently they're really close, but they're not quite there yet. Should I help them? Should I, like, bomb the building so I can get rid of them? What should I do? And he eventually goes through and, like, he still continues the whole, like, blowing up thing. Uh, strategy they were going with prior so they do that and once they keep going uh, the whole building obviously is destroyed they have to actually get a lot of the characters outside from the maze because a lot of the characters from earlier in the book that I said were written out were set there just because they need some place to fit them so there's like a couple hundred people set over there and they're able to eventually get out um, once this all happens, they they get a lot of the people out. They, they don't all make it. A, a lot of them do, but some of the more important ones don't really, unfortunately. So a lot of them get out, but some of the characters don't. And it's, it's, it's pretty sad for the ones who don't, but at the same time, uh, th th there's some prequel cool books that appear that they appear in just fine. So th th they'll probably be all right. 
no guarantees, but I, I haven't read those. Or actually, I, I did read the kill order. I just kind of forgot like almost everything that happens in it. So I'd have to read it again just to get a basic idea of what's going on. But I, I might read that at some point if I get it, but I don't have them at the moment. Um, but anyway, I think that's about it of all the books I wanted to mention. I just wanted to do a, a little like 32, well, I guess not 32 minutes right now, but it'll be 32 minutes eventually. Uh, by the time I'm done recording this, just updating on the whole book club segment because we hadn't done that for a while. We should do a spooky spaghetti segment. I hope Ben comes back. It's it's not the same without him. I mean, sure, I can talk for a while, but I don't really have anyone to work off with in this case, so it's a little more challenging, obviously. And I don't get any, like, comical reaction from anyone just because... I'm the only one here, and you just kind of have to listen to me ramble. Um, but that's about it for this segment. Um, I don't have much of a send-off, really, besides um, I keep listening to the podcast. I'll listen to every episode multiple times if you can. If you can't, do it anyway. Otherwise, that's about it. Uh, enjoy yourselves, if possible, or don't. I'm not going to make you do it. If you don't want to enjoy yourself, fine. Um, don't. But otherwise, take care, or something like that. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs>